Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are very excited to be with you today. We have an awesome interview with three-star DB recruit out of Owasso, Oklahoma, Corbin Green, KG. We're going to be talking a little bit of BYU basketball, a little bit of BYU women's basketball. We've got some housekeeping, some other stuff to talk about. It's going to be a real fun episode, so make sure you listen to the whole thing. Make sure you leave a review. And also, make sure to check out our social media pages, at Pod on Instagram and Twitter, for a lot more fun content, memes, and other things as well. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boom! Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go review that strike! Let's back this bullet. Yeah! <laughs> 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 Let's go wild, Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> We're at a waterfall, dude. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Put this spot down here. <laughs> go, 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 go. Alrighty, listeners, thanks for joining us for another episode. Um, first things first, we're going to get out our vacuums, get out our dusters. Is that what you call it? Uh, or Swiffer, you do Swiffer wet jets. Ooh, Swiffer, those are Swiffer wet yeah. yeah. Get out your Swiffers because we have some housekeeping. Ooh, baby. Uh, first things first, we the stakes were risen, <laughs> um, and I'm just gonna come out in front of it. I got this one right. No big deal. I know everything. Uh, I said Bar- Barcelo would bounce back in the next games that were this week. By scoring 25 points or more. He scored exactly 25 against the USF. He was probably the only one who bounced back, though. <laughs> uh, the team yeah. was not so lucky. But how did you guys do? What were your wagers? Well, uh, I have a lot to say. Justin, you you want to take this one first? Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't have a lot to say. I bet that Tejon <laughs> Lucas would combine for 20 points and 8 assists. Uh, he kind of struggled the first game, but I had, I had all the faith in the world that he was going to recover against Gonzaga. But he ended up getting hurt on that play where uh, he basically, I don't know, where, where that guy on, was it Shabazz that landed on top of Just him? Just like sat on his back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that landed on top of him. So somersault. Tejan got hurt, and my raising the stakes bet went down the drain. Uh, I, I, I apologize for the injury to Tejan. We obviously wish him the best. Absolutely. But that does not exempt you from the punishment because I need someone to suffer with. Yeah, I'm still getting punished. I, I know. <laughs> I know. So I said that USF and Gonzaga would shoot combined less than or equal to 62.7% from the free throw line. I should have bet BYU shooting that because <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were abysmal. But We struggled, struggled from the line. We did. Um, and I got some interesting notes. Okay. I'm He's calling out notes. the rock. Okay. I got some notes. Got notes. <laughs> so Everybody first. take out your notepad. Literally. Okay. Jared's going to lecture. I spent like 45 minutes today just compiling different stats about different things. Listen to this. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I, I like this. Okay. Let me find Let me find it. Go join the accounting major. <laughs> oh, I, hopefully I don't fit that demographic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, anyway. So, The Rock is fraudulent. Oh. Okay. What? Why do you say that? Hot take. This is in no way... Are we talking about basketball rock, football rock, rock in general? The Rock in general. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock? Not not that rock. He's not fraudulent. He's not a fraud. The XFL is not fraudulent. Okay. Okay, real. All right. Speaking of the uh, USFL update... Oh, yeah. What do we got? Oh, I accidentally listed <laughs> USLF, the United States Lipizan. <laughs> what the? Heck what is the? Heck is a we got Jared sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm I'm getting you guys. Okay, USFL, sixty-seven days, two hours, thirty-eight minutes, and thirty seconds. See, just so you guys know. Okay, back to the real stuff. Um, the Rock claims to have the number one free throw defense in the nation. Uh huh. I'm calling Bolshnovik. Oh, Bolshnovik. Yes, Bolshnovic. Um, so, BYU has had 12 teams come to the Marriott Center this year. Okay. Okay. 12. 12. 
I'm not going to read them to you. We'll just say 12. 12. 12 teams. Out of those 12 teams, only five teams have shot below average free throws. Interesting. Mm, so less than half. Yes. Seven have shot equal to or better. Mm-hmm. Central okay. Methodist shot the exact same, which okay. is really weird. Crazy. But Texas Southern, Pacific, uh, St. Mary's, San Diego, San Francisco, and Gonzaga all shot better free throw percentage in okay. the Marriott Center. So who shot worse? Better than average. Cleveland State. Okay. First home game of the year. Yep. San, uh, San Diego State. Okay, also another nice. early home game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Utah State. Rivalry game. Yeah. Yep. Westminster and Portland. Okay, I see. Oh, so basically at the beginning of the season where I feel like the crowd was a little more active and wasn't quite as sleepy as it is now. That's true. No, that's get, true. As you kind of get towards the middle of the season, you know, beginning of the season, crowd is loud, is excited to be there. Middle of the season, we're all kind of looking forward to March. And then it finally happens and the crowd gets crazy. Yeah. Yes. I, and I can see that. I can see that, right? Devil's advocate. Yeah. No, no, okay. I, I get you. about timing. Now, here's the bad thing. Top three dogs in the league besides us, right? San Francisco, St. Mary's, Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. They all shot, at least two of them, shot almost 10 percentage points better, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Wow. They shot much better. San Francisco shot like three or two or three percentage points better. Interesting. I, you, you, that's, I, I don't know what to say. You, that's not a good effect on the game. So the, what you're saying We're not is, affecting. We got Jared's head exploded. What you're saying is the Rock... Needs to not make a peep during all the free throws because really the players just kind of feed off of it and maybe they shoot even better because they know they kind of take on this villain mentality and they want to prove everyone wrong. Yes, we gotta play mind games. Now, just be completely silent. What do we do? No, here's the kicker. Okay. Okay. Oh, kicker. <laughs> yes. Basketball. Yes. BYU's average free throw percentage is seventy-two point six. Okay. Guess what it is at home. Well, I mean, uh, including the San Francisco game, which we really struggled from the Lions, probably weird. around mid-60s. Yep, 67. 67. We shoot worse at home than we do on the road. I don't know. I'm just saying the facts, okay? So Just saying the facts. So BYU shoots better free throws on the road. Yes. And our opponents shoot better here, which is on the road for them. Yes. So do do most teams shoot free throws better on the road, or now I will have these teams we considered do. Now we got to do some more research. I will have to do loads of research. Go back to your accounting on all three hundred fifty whatever teams in the nation. Yes, that'd be interesting. At least all in the WCC. Now, yeah, we can we can limit it to that. Yeah, yeah. Devil's advocate, field goal percentage. Eight out of the twelve teams shot worse field goal percentage than their average when playing us. Ooh, the thin air got them. So, yes, you can account that to altitude atmosphere. <laughs> or the atmosphere. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm just calling out The Rock. This has nothing to do with uh, it being a social event rather than a sporting event for 90% of the people there. Mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the fact that nobody cares and everybody's asleep until two minutes left in the game. has nothing yeah. to do with the fact that they have horrible timing, can't sing the fight song on time, can't do the left-right thing on time, or the sit-and-jump on time, can't coordinate each other, and also... I have a question for you guys. What's a more corrupt organization, the Rock Board or the IOC? The, uh, uh, probably the IOC. Okay. Okay. FIFA. It's a hot take. FIFA's, FIFA's, FIFA's not the answer. <laughs> FIFA is corruption. Okay. Uh, which has worse leadership, the Rock Board or Gary Barda? Mmm. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll say, you know, the Rock Board, they're students. You know, they're, they're dealing with a bunch of rowdy 17 to 20 year olds, you know, like, I'll give yeah. them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to have to go with Gary Barta, who, you know, because universally hated in the entire nation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I'm just saying, The Rock isn't in all that so, it is. One interesting point that I kind of want to bring up. BYU does pretty well at attendance. Yes. Like, okay. people yeah. go to yeah. games. People show up, which is great. That's very true. But they don't really... The fans don't approach it the same way as the fans at like Rep Arena, Kentucky Wood, or like football indoor. Yes. LSU fans at a football game or something. People go, but they don't really affect the game in the same way. They don't have the same passion, and it seems like a lot of them just don't care as much. They just go kind of for the social aspect, like you were saying. Yeah, for the social aspect. 
So that's kind difference. of disappointing. They're not drunk like they are at some other schools. True. That is that is key. Is that the answer <laughs> to the question then? We gotta smuggle in some moonshine or something. What? Spike no. the diet coke. <laughs> what? <laughs> Justin has access to the central food stores. We can maybe spike some of their with the CO two coke supply. Deliver it to concessions. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, let's not do that. If that happens, <laughs> it wasn't us. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> All right, last little bit of housekeeping. ESPN did, like, a biggest question mark for each top 25 uh, football team. BYU okay. came up with, like, 19 or 18 in their way too early top 25. Okay. So their biggest question mark for BYU is running back. Agree or disagree? And if you disagree, what is your biggest question mark mm. heading into the 2022 season? Right away, I agree. It is a question mark. Okay. I'm not saying that I doubt our running back's ability. We have Christopher Brooks coming over from Cal, who is a, he's a he's a big he's guy. a legitimate runner. Mm-hmm. He will he's a freight train man. He will truck you. He will hit stick you. But we don't know how he's going to do in this system. We don't we haven't seen him. We believe that he's going to do well. I have all the faith in the world in the world in Christopher Brooks, but it's it's a question mark just because we haven't seen him here in Provo yet. Jackson McChesney, also a beast. We love cheese here on this McGoatney. podcast. Oh, yes. We love McGoatney. Also kind of a question mark, though, because all we've seen him play in is, you know, a game against, I think it was Idaho State a couple years ago. and or The last two snaps of the USC game. In the last two snaps of the USC mm. game. So he's also a question mark just because the, the media hasn't had exposure to him yet. Are they question marks? Yes. Do I have doubts about the positions, though? No. There's a big difference. Question mark and a doubt, right? Yes. Yeah. Right? Like... Will BYU make the WCC tournament? That is a question mark. Will BYU make the NCAA tournament? That is a doubt. That's, yeah. Um, I agree it is a question mark. I don't think it's the biggest question mark. Okay. Okay. Because, because just as far as running backs go, I think our O-line will be really good. We've got a lot, of, yeah. a lot of experience coming back, so that will kind of diminish that. Diminish that, you know, dependence on having a good running back. Right. If I had to choose another position group, I would, I would say D line. Okay. I think our D line hasn't been great recently. We have some recruits coming in who are good. I don't know. A ice, lot of them are probably ice. going on yeah, missions. We've got some missions. True mission guys. Kind of interrupting that. I don't know exactly who's going and who will be playing for us this fall, or even if the ones who are, you know, highly rated recruits will deliver. So I think D-line is probably my biggest question mark on this team. I'm with you, Dan. I think because of that offensive line, like the running back is definitely a question mark, right? Yeah. And and I totally agree with you, Justin. Like, It's not that we doubt it, but it is like, it's not going to be Tyler. We know that. Right. But the D-line, I think it's my biggest question mark because that's what we need. Like, we need a defensive line that is going to improve. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. we need to get pressure on the quarterback, which is not something we did super frequently last year. No. We did get some sacks in some key times. You know, our defensive right. line did yeah. come up big in a lot of different scenarios, but we didn't get consistent pressure, and that's something that we would love to see this upcoming year. Right, right. And uh, one of the question marks that uh, we don't have... Mm-hmm. It's more an exclamation point than anything else. <laughs> yes. Is our depth at DB and corner. In oh, fact, we have a yes new sir. DB who just signed with BYU, a three-star recruit out of Oklahoma in Corbin Green, who we now have an interview with. Alrighty, here we are with new BYU Cougar recruit Corbin Green. He's a three-star defensive back recruit out of Owasso, Oklahoma. Am I saying that right, Corbin? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Owasso, Oklahoma. All righty. <laughs> So you played football, ran track, uh, senior year, 27 tackles, two INTs, nine PBUs. Uh, we're super excited. I, am I reading this right? Of four four one forty. Yeah, ran that at the uh, Under Armour Combine. Oh, the boy, that's kind of fast. <laughs> you know, that's probably maybe a full second faster than mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hope so. I, I'm going to college to do it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably yeah. All of us will probably run over five seconds right oh, now. Oh yeah, oh for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Corbin. Uh, do you before we go into the interview, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Anything you'd like to share? Anything you want our listeners to know about you? Man, nothing really. Just appreciate y'all having me and go Cougs, man. Ready to get go up there? Cougs, go Cougs. <laughs> awesome. All right, so maybe just to start, kind of, what's your story? How did you get into football? Like. 
where are you from? Kind of what's your game like? Like kind of just what's your backstory so that, you know, Cougar fans can get to know you a little bit more. Well, um, I didn't even play football until about my eighth grade year, really. Oh, I didn't start really? taking it seriously until uh, my freshman year. My mama made me play football. <laughs> I was really just – no, yeah. I really just did, like, soccer and basketball, and I didn't really like basketball. I kind of just did it to do it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've always had really good family. They've always been really good at football. You know what I mean? My dad, he was real good at football and everything. So she was just like, you need to try it. So um, that being said, like, she made me do it. I love it to this day for making me do it, you know what I mean? Fan <laughs> for my school, so I'm blessed. I love the game. Mama's always right, right? Yeah, I guess so, you know what I mean? And she got me to run track. And she got me to run track, so she's helped out a lot. There you go. Um, So you're DB. I guess kind of how would you describe yourself as a football player? You're like a speed guy, a power guy? What's your game like? Mm-hmm. I'll say uh, I can bring the energy onto a team. And I'm definitely a fast guy. I can run mm-hmm. with anybody. And that's another thing that me being at DB, I mean, kind of – it's hard to show on my tape a little bit. I mean, you can see it in some spots, but I'm very aggressive. I get mm-hmm. aggressive off the line. That's one thing that, um, you know, school I'm at now, I transferred in there for my junior year. At the end of my junior football season, I transferred into Owasso High School. So this is my first year playing at Owasso, and I was able to get them into um, doing press men because all I used to do was off men stuff mm-hmm. like that so um i was able to get them to press so you know they still had the reins on me a little tight they wouldn't let me jump <laughs> in stuff like that but um you know they they let me you know show that i could run with anybody that was a physical db and one thing that i'm also very much known for i mean you ask anybody that's played with me or practice with me is that i bring the energy i mean i'm a person who talks a lot on the field in good ways and bad ways you know what i mean like I talk <laughs> to my defense and i talk Both to the sides. other team so <laughs> but I never do I never do anything to the extent that it's gonna penalize myself. But I definitely, you know, bring the energy, definitely try to get in receiver's head. I feel like that's something all DBs should be able to do at least, you know what I mean, is try to affect the game more ways than one. So I feel like that's my game. Absolutely, man. That's perfect. I mean, here on this podcast, we are like huge fans of trash talk. So <laughs> you know, we oh, try to do our best of trash talk. We're always here trash talking people that we have no business trash talking. So yeah. <laughs> can actually back it up so good for you uh, y'all gonna love me y'all gonna love me heck yeah there we go so you said you're aggressive what do you mean by that you mean like with your hands like when when the receiver is trying to come off or you mean are you like um, a headhunter what do you mean by that <laughs> i mean a little bit always there's definitely one thing that um are just actually moving up to 681 division because you know i was at 682 which is of course it's the same 6a high school division but it's a little bit different Conference okay. wise, six A one's a little bit more. It's like we call it the SEC of high school football in Oklahoma. It's six A one. Nice. So that okay. being said, it was a lot more physical. I had to realize that because um, you know I was always physical with my hands, and that's something I was able to do at six A one. It wasn't really much problem, but tackling wise, I had to learn to really become a head hunter and start hitting people like that. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, they don't play about that. But yeah, something I've always been pretty aggressive with is my hands. I feel like that's something that's kind of always showed on tape, like even from the seven on seven circuit. Not a lot of people pressing seven on seven circuits. And I was one of those guys that would jam kids to the sideline. Like, so that's <laughs> yeah. one of those things. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's kind of one of those things. I've always been very physical with my hands. And, you know, I, I'm glad that I do it now because there's not a lot of DBs that can do it. So. Yeah. No, that's that's incredibly impressive. I played underrated quality. Yeah. No, it really is. I played safety in a little bit of corner in high school. Definitely not anymore. Not not even close. But <laughs> the I think DB is probably like one of the hardest positions to play on the football field because if you're yes, in sir. press man coverage, like you have to respond to whatever the wide receiver does and you have to do it the same instant that the wide receiver does. Like maybe kind of give our listeners a look into like how difficult that really is playing like really strong press man coverage like what's the key to to sticking with a really good wide receiver um i feel like the biggest key is to have a plan before you start guarding them so um one thing my coach coach frank stozy he's probably the best coach i've ever had you know he was a former nfl guy played for the falcons played at university of oklahoma Damn. you know played in the league for a while and then retired yeah very smart guy he taught me a lot about the game this past season you know it really helped me with my football IQ. one thing you want to do is have a plan at the line is so you want to know where your eyes are going to be at. You want to already have a plan of how you're going to press them. So you don't want to just um, – how do I explain? You don't want to just be up there uh, kind of like dancing with them because if you dance with a receiver, they're going to win every time. That's their job. Right. So the big thing you got to do is kind of throw them off their route. 
So that being said, like have your eyes trained to so sometimes with certain receivers, you want to have your eyes on their hips and you want to have a certain point on their hips, not just their hips, but like say the right hip or the left hip, or I mean even their abdomen. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes you want to have it where uh like just at the top of their uh jersey where they have like a little logo at. You know what I mean? Just stuff like that. Like you gotta have good eyes. Interesting. And I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. He taught me a lot with that. And it just kind of depends on the size, how the receiver likes to release. You know, also just a lot of times is like um you want to have good leverage. You want to be there outside leverage, inside leverage. And leverage means, for the people who don't really know that much, is uh, how you're lined up on the receiver. That being said, there's actually a lot going into, like, how you guard a receiver and how you, um, you know, press a DB. But it's just kind of one of those things that you also have to be very confident. You also can't uh, second-guess yourself. You have to react. So that being right. said, like, it's kind of one of those things that, again, as a DB, I feel like you have to have confidence to be like, believe you can run with anybody because if you start trying to guess, then that's how you get broke off. Dang, that's some good insight. That's awesome. There's <laughs> well, a lot more that it. goes into it. You know, a lot of people look at football and they think it's just, you know, people running fast and hitting each other hard. But, man, it really is just like a chess. It's a mind game. No, nah, it is. And a ton that, that, to it, man. Yeah, and that's something my coach taught me is just chess, not checkers. So, you know, <laughs> <not> checkers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I guess kind of a similar question going off of that. Are the, Who are your favorite professional football players? And is there any – one player who you model your game after or who you try to play like? Well, I mean, I feel like Eric DB off of Rivers is going to say Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I Jaylen. feel like yeah, <laughs> I feel like Jalen Ramsey, I like uh, a lot of the stuff he does in the ways that, you know, he's a DB who brings a lot of energy to the team. He's a very good leader. He's one of those guys that is going to talk a lot of noise and he's going to back it up. But there's also, like, other DBs that I like a lot more. Like, one person I like a lot that doesn't get a lot of credit is J.C. Jackson. He's a really good corner who I feel like his technique is really good. And then there's also two corners who are new to the league that I really like and I've kind of stayed watching is J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain. And That's one thing that a lot of people don't – yeah, Patrick Sertain, I like him a lot. And one thing about Patrick Sertain for sure is that uh, his technique – same with J.C. Horn, but Patrick Sertain's technique is probably better than Jalen Ramsey's, honestly. Jalen Ramsey, he plays very up high which is easy to do as a tall DB. But, uh, like, you see guys like Darrell Revis who are able to clamp guys that are bigger than him or all that other stuff, but his technique is so good and the way he plays low and everything like that, he reacts faster than the receiver does. He's running the routes for receivers at the time. So that's kind of one of those things that, of course, I like Jalen Ramsey. And if I had to compare my game to anybody, it would be probably like a Jalen Ramsey or Carlton Davis even. Carlton Davis, I feel like, is a, another good DB on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But – um. You know, it kind of just depends. But I feel like in a lot of ways, of course, Jalen Ramsey and J.C. Jackson, I feel like those are two good corners. I feel like I can relate a lot to. Okay, cool. All right, so now that we know a little bit more about you, Corbin, we kind of want to talk about the recruiting process and how you ended up at BYU. Because we know you were in touch with Oklahoma, you were in touch with Baylor, you were in touch with Kansas, a lot of people in Big 12 country. And then yeah. newcomer to the Big 12 knocked on your door in BYU. So tell us, what was that recruiting process like and why did you ultimately choose the why? Uh, I feel like one thing that, you know, is really big is probably the family atmosphere and the coaches. You know, a lot of people say don't fall in love with the coaches, fall in love with the program. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I've been doing. But also, it's kind of hard not to do both when it comes to BYU. Um, Baylor and OU and, you know, KU, Nebraska, a couple of them schools that reached out, you know, it was good. And I had a good relationship with them. It's just that, one thing I didn't really like about it was, uh, how do I say? Because football at the next level is a business, and it's just the way it is. It's right, how absolutely. it is, because after that, it's a business and such. But um, one thing you like is loyalty, and one thing you like is a family atmosphere. And so there was a couple times at OU, you know, I didn't really feel like a family atmosphere. And then Lincoln Riley ended up leaving after, you know, we'll take visits, and he's talking about he's going to stay. And then, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just the way it is. And I'll, I'll say this honestly, I was never really that close with Lincoln Riley. He was no, never somebody I really talked to. But then even with their DB coach, he kind of was on some weird stuff. But And then Baylor, I was actually really close to Baylor, and I actually liked Baylor a lot at first. And then Coach McGuire left and went to Texas Tech, and mm-hmm. my relationship with them kind of started falling off. And BYU just really made a surge, and they really got close to my family and my mama. That was the one thing that was really big to me was the way they treated my mama. Mm-hmm. They um, actually reached out to my moms when they first started talking to me, actually. Coach G, Coach uh, Guilford, he had my moms and was pretty much just saying, like, hey, like, you know, we really like your son. Like, we want to come in for a home visit. So they did that. You know, we got to meet him face-to-face instead of just kind of meet him over the phone the whole time and 
taking a visit. They came by the house twice, actually. Wow. wow. You know, nice. they FaceTime multiple times, just stuff like that. And every time they did, they always just made it me feel like a top priority. You know what I mean? They made me feel wanted. One thing that was big about them was they're going to the Big 12. Um, mm-hmm. Another big thing about them is the DB room is um, kind of older age. Like, a lot of those guys are seniors. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's a couple young guys like Micah, Micah Harper, you know, a couple guys like that that I've been in touch with. But, you know, a lot of those older guys um, like Caleb, um, D'Lo, mm-hmm. you know, guys like that, they leaving after a year or two. So, you know what I mean? Like, the biggest thing with that, I'll be able to learn under them. And BYU talking more about the program again is um, they made it feel like a family. They made it feel like home. Like when I went on a visit, you know, I had the uh, athletic director pull me aside and talk to me and my mom for about 15 minutes. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, you're recruiting anything. He actually called me by my name. He was like, Corbin Green, right? I was like, yeah. And then he called me by my nickname, which is KG. It's what I go by. He called me KG and then immediately <laughs> just started talking to me and uh, talking to me about the season and stuff. And like he actually knew what he was talking about. And he was like, knew me like he looked like he had known about me and that was something that was big is that the athletic director at a big power five now division one school knows who I am and that was crazy to me and then also with uh just the visit they made it feel like a home I was able to talk to coach G coach G I mean I've talked to him about football most of the entire visit not gonna lie like me and him just talk football and that was awesome <laughs> and then he chopped it over my mom's wish good and then so coach Sataki Whenever I had to leave the hotel to head back home, I had to leave at 4.30 in the morning to catch my flight. Back to, yeah. <laughs> and Coach Tataki was already up and ready, waiting for us. Wow. wow. Oh me out. Nah, yeah, to send me out and everything. And that was when I told him, like, Coach, I want to be a cool. So, <laughs> commit. Nah, yeah, for real. Like, I just told him, I was like, Coach, like, I don't really want to wait. Like, I want to be a cool. And, you know, he got hyped. It's 4.30 in the morning. I just commit. He's hyped. <laughs> I'm hyped. And it just meant a lot to me that the head coach, is sitting down in the lobby waiting for, you know, a recruit because he has to fly out in the morning. And that's something that was huge to me. Like, the way he sent us off, it was just – it was really big to me. And another thing that was big to me that helped me kind of come to that decision was the players. Like, mm-hmm. again, Michael Harper, Caleb Hayes, those were my hosts for my visit. And they just re- really made me feel like a little bro, honestly. And then I was able to talk to a couple of freshmen like uh, Isaiah Moa. You know, me and him oh, got yeah. pretty close. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's my dog now, man. I see that's my dog. <laughs> But, oh, yeah. um, nah, Micah, that's big bro. Caleb, that's big bro. D'Lo, that's another big bro. Like, they're all, you know, took me under that wing, and that's something I'm excited for this season. And, you know, just be able to get developed under them and then try to battle for a starting spot this year, try to rotate them in a little bit this year, and then start my sophomore year. You know what I mean? That's the plan. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's really cool, and that's something that Kalani is really, like, tried to put emphasis on is kind of like that family atmosphere and making sure everybody feels loved and everybody feels like they're important because they are, you know, this is a program. No, that's some, it's huge. And that's something that like a lot of schools, you know, everybody says that they have that family atmosphere and, you know, you see a lot of kids committing. That's the first thing they say, but I can really stamp that that's something that BYU does better than a lot of these other schools is a family atmosphere. No disrespect to these other schools, but coach Sataki really, makes it a family atmosphere and makes it home. Cause I mean, I'm coming from the Midwest, you know what I mean? Right. It makes that feel like home. And that's something that's big to me. It's big to my family. That's amazing. That's in the culture. Yeah. Kalani is always talking about it. The and culture. That's, I mean, that's what, that's one thing that's always existed at BYU really. Kalani is trying to get that team culture up because back when he was a player, I'm sure you've heard of Lavelle Edwards, you know a little bit about him. He yes, had so. that team culture too. So Kalani's always said that he's trying to emulate him, the feeling that he had in his program sounds like he's doing a pretty good job yeah yes sir protect Lavelle's house ain't it ain't that what yes. it is yes exactly. yes, yes sir. <laughs> that's the plan so you talked a little bit about kind of like big 12 country you know and like you're getting recruited by all these big 12 schools BYU's going into the big 12 and that kind of played a little bit of a part in your recruiting BYU fans we're kind of new to this we've been in the mountain west and then we were independent for 10 years and now we're going into a, a real like football conference like this is big 12 football now so like you coming from Oklahoma kind of explain to Cougar fans how what is Big 12 football like? Like what how does does life revolve around football there? Like kind of what is the feel of Big 12 country? Man, I'll say it like this. So like the same way people, you know, kind of envision like Texas, how it's like eat, sleep, breathe football. That's I mean, that's really how it is Oklahoma too. I mean, like it's kind of one of those things that's like, like you said, like life revolves around football kind of Football is like tradition here, it, or it's like uh, religion. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those <laughs> things that, like, no, really. And um, it's just, it's really big here. 
And that's kind of one of those things that, like, I'm not going to lie. I don't feel like BYU is going to have much of a struggle, you know, matching that intensity because I feel like they're very intense when it comes to football as well. And that's something I kind of felt on the visit, even just with the fans and even seeing y'all games, like, just talking about how they're always packed out, just stuff like that. Or even whenever you guys played uh, ASU, how mm-hmm. all started multiple times. Like, that's something that's just crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what I mean? And um, that's big. So, that being said, like, it definitely is big around here. Big 12 is very big. Football is very big in this area. And that was something that made me excited because, you know, um, BYU, they've, they've been good the past couple of years. They've had a really good schedule, and they've had a hard schedule, and they've been able to do really well with that. They finished mm-hmm. in the top 12 last year. You know, that's something that I'm excited for because I know that at the end of the day, like, when they move to the Big 12, that's not going to change. They're going to find a way, you know, saying stay in the top 12 and even go higher than that. And that's something that I'm excited to try to shoot win a natty with them. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's something, yeah, that's that, something I feel like they can do, especially in that type of environment <laughs> and the type of way the fans is, like, so built around BYU football. I feel like it's not going to be nothing crazy. And I feel like the atmosphere isn't going to change that too much. I feel like you guys probably just gain a larger – fan of following, even though you guys already have a large one now, but I mean, just be in, in the Big 12, that's just how it is. It's football is like religion, man. It's eat, sleep, breathe football. You know what I mean? So that's Let's go! It we eat, love sleep, it, man. <laughs> yeah, so I think BYU does have a pretty good football tradition. They have a lot of oh, good yeah. teams, a lot of good quarterbacks, a lot of other players in the NFL. Um, but we're very excited to have you coming from Oklahoma to bring even more intensity and you know commitment and passion to the program. So while you are here, what are some of your either individual goals or team goals that you're trying to accomplish while you're at BYU? Besides winning a national championship, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> of course. That's number one. <laughs> of course. No, that's a big – that's really the first thing is to win a natty. Um, really the biggest thing is not much as individual stuff, but kind of more the team stuff because I know going as a freshman, it's going to be hard, but I really do want to make an impact. I want to be able to make an impact as a freshman, whether that be just making everybody else better around me, whether it be getting on the field and making big plays, which, you know, of course, that's what I want to do. But really the biggest thing is just I want to be able to make an impact. I want to be able to help improve the team. I want to be able to be the best. And that's really something that, like, I always strive to be to be the best. You know, I feel like one thing I've done this past season is, you know, I, I didn't give up a single reception out of 12 <laughs> targets. And I had, what, Dang. nine pass breakups and – Two interceptions, that's 11 plays on the ball. One ball got thrown out of bounds. So, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I made plays, and that's the biggest thing is I want to do in college is make plays. Like, I want to be able to be the best. I want to be best DB in Big 12 and then the best DB in college football. I want to start doing that as a freshman. I want to come out and make an impact. I want to come out and help us win. I want to win bowl games. I want to be in the top. Mm-hmm. I want to be number one. You feel me? Like, I just <laughs> yeah. want to be the best. As a team and as an individual, I just want to be the best. I want to be able to bring more kids in from the Midwest to BYU, like. Yes, an ambassador. We love it. Uh, <laughs> hey, climb. trust me, I've already, I've already been putting on for the little bros, man. I've Let's go. We're going to get some more dogs, but um, <laughs> nah, that's really the biggest thing is like coming in and making an impact and being the best. Like that's something I strive to be every day is the best. So that's really the biggest goal. That's awesome. And that's awesome for us to hear too. Hearing reset are coming in and really want to be number one, that really want to win a national championship. We love hearing that as fans, man. <laughs> because, you know, that's – we would love nothing more than for BYU to win a national championship. And oh, yeah. for you to help lead us there, we would love that, man. Hey, that's Absol- the goal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of being the best, um, we all played uh, some level of high school sport yeah. uh, to an extent. Um, but we <laughs> haven't. I was, I was first team all league in one of the lowest divisions in California. <laughs> one of the lowest divisions. <laughs> hey, gotta... hey, that don't matter. First team is still. First yeah. Team. You don't have to include league. that. Just say first team. I'll, I'll just say first team all league. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think that any of us schmucks could catch a ball on you going one on ones? Not at all. I don't feel like I'm gonna keep it in. Cause no there's a lot of these rank guys that I don't feel like can catch a ball on me. I, okay. In the most in the most humblest way I could say it. <laughs> in the most humblest just way I could say it. Not at all. Hey, <laughs> that's the right answer, Corbin. That's the right nah, answer. Yeah. And that's one thing that I mean, I have that standard for myself every day. Like I go into practice, you're not gonna give him a single pass. If I give him a single pass, I'm like, all right, bet. Like I gotta shake back. Like ain't no reason I should be doing that. Because that way I was going into games, 
expecting the ball every time, even if it's not coming my way, because that way when it does come, they're not catching the ball. Either I am or nobody's catching the ball. And so that's one of the things I'm trying to bring into, you know, when I get there, nobody's going to catch the ball, whether it be an average joy <laughs> or whether it be, I don't know, suit, uh, like Jerry Rice. Ain't nobody catching the ball on me. I got to make sure. And nobody catches the ball on me. I love that. I love that mentality. That is something BYU, like, that's so important to winning ball games is having that just, it's just not going to happen. We're just not going to, he's not going to catch this ball. We're not going to lose the game. I just, I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah again, question, I feel though, like Corbin. at corner that you got to do that. I feel like at corner you got to be, had that mindset that like you're the best every time. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. But one more question. You said not at all. Are you willing to back that up when you get to Provo? I will easily. Uh, I'll back it up. Let's play. go. All right, take us on one on one. When you get here, let us know. We'll set it up. <laughs> hey, bet, bet, bet. We can pick the location. All that. All right, let's all do right, it. Let's good. do it. I love it, man. Let's we'll it. be in touch. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay. Uh, one more question about football stuff. Yes, sir. Who you got in the Super Bowl? It's coming up. Just a week. You got the Bengals. You got the Rams. I say this, man. My heart. My heart. I really want the Rams to win, but in my head, I want the Bengals. But I'm gonna say this: I really, I'm, I'm gonna go for the Rams. Okay. Okay. Rams. I really want to see, I really want to see Matt Stafford and Odell get this ring, man. I really yeah. want to see. I feel like they deserve that. Now yeah. I'm not gonna see. I'll say this: Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. <laughs> that man is different. That man's a different breeze. Yeah, man, that man's a different breeze. So I hope <laughs> he, he's gonna be back in it. He's gonna be back in it. Oh yeah. You know, kill it. I want. I'm, I'm gonna go for the Rams. I hope the Rams get this dub. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We love Joe Burrow on this podcast. Joe Burrow, Coach O, the Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> oh, you got to love Coach O. You got to love Coach O. Coach O's classic. Coach O's legend, man. We, we miss him. We miss him. <laughs> man, my granny go to church with Coach O. <laughs> no way. That's crazy. Yeah, my family's from Louisiana. Wow. That's awesome. I should imagine him getting up to speak in church. And man, how much of that can you even understand? <laughs> hey, I'll tell you this. You, you go around the Shreveport, Baton Rouge area, they all talk like that. They all understand each other. We got to make our way down there. That's for sure. Do, man. <laughs> I'll have to. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, maybe just a, one of the last questions here is we kind of wrap it up. Um, what? Okay. Because football is like you go 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 all the time, right? You're watching film. You're you're at practice. You're you're going through mental reps in your head. You're at games. Blah blah blah. Right? What do you do to unwind? Right? Like how do you kind of like or do you do this, this kind of stuff? Are you kind of like always in the mix? Like do you watch movies? Do you go for runs? Like kind of what what helps you unwind and come down from that like mental high? Well, I mean, it it depends. When I I'm not trying to say this in a bad way, but I, I don't really have a bunch of free time just because I also work two jobs. Okay. So mm-hmm. that being said, um, I work, but uh, probably either reading or watching anime. Keep it amazing. Nice. So I'll be, I'll be watching TV, watching, I'm a big movie buff. I like, I watch a lot of movies. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, probably like movies or watching like TV and uh, or like reading. That's probably it. Okay. Okay. Give us like a, a just, See to your pants, top five movies. Ooh, see to my pants, top five movies. Okay, <laughs> so uh, one, Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's kind of a weird yes. one. Yes, oh, that's a good one. Okay, okay. Glad some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, probably The Pursuit <laughs> of Happiness. Ooh, of Happiness is a really glass. Will Smith. Seven Pounds. Will Smith is just that guy, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. uh, trying to think. The Godfather. Can't go wrong with The Godfather. Ooh, classic. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to think for the last one. That's hard. The last one. I know I'm I know I'm gonna miss a couple ones, but probably like probably Fast and the Furious. Okay. Ooh, okay. All of them or what? is there a specific? No, no, one? no. Uh Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drifting. <laughs> Heck yes. Man, I so that's probably that's probably my those. top five. That's probably my top five. Hey, Ooh, that's a solid top strong. five, man. It really is, man. It's pretty diverse too. That's not just like one genre of movie. You got like <laughs> yeah. all, all, all over the place. <laughs> Everything. But I like I love superhero movies though. Marvel movies, I love them. I love all yes. movies. Yes, let's go. Yeah, we're big Marvel buffs too. So yes. <laughs> Shoot, hey, after we do one on ones, we might have to catch one of the movies or something. Catch it. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. We love it. that. Now, now that you've been on the pod, uh, you are officially a recurring guest. We are uh, <laughs> obligated to have you on at least one other time. So we'll have to make that hey, happen. Hey, y'all bring me back. 
hey, what y'all need to do is bring me back after I have a game winning pick against one of these Big 12 teams. Bro. Yes. Oh, Let's go. You're a friend of the podcast now. <laughs> DM us as soon as you get in the Pro Bowl. We'll, we'll hook you up. We'll, we'll, we'll show you the best place to tomorrow. eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey, hey and then I can hook y'all up with some cleats so we can get those one-on-ones. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Good, probably be better right, than the cleats I got from Ross right now. <laughs> <laughs> probably just a little bit, just a little bit. Just a wee bit. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, man. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. We really enjoyed being able to talk to you and getting to know you a little bit, Corbin. So appreciate y'all. We're excited to have you in Provo. Heck yeah, heck we, yeah are. we are. And uh, one thing we do with our guests right before they leave, we've got to get a go Cougs from you. Oh, go Cougs, man. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Let's go. Thanks, Corbin. And man, y'all have a good night. You too. All righty, listeners. I hope you loved that interview as much as we did because KG honestly seems like the coolest guy ever. He really does. Well, that was so much fun. I, he's already my favorite player on the team. Like, <laughs> I can't I wait to do the one-on-one. <laughs> I know. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. If there's any good quarterbacks out here listening to this, we're going to need one because we're going to need some elite ball placement. We're going to need Joe Burrow-esque, dude. Joe Shiesty-esque <laughs> pass coming in. Joe Burrow. Shot, dude. Yeah, that was, that was really fun. We're excited to have him at BYU. Oh, you know what would be good? We both run streaks down each of the hash lines, and then somebody throws a bomb to one of them, and he has to guard both of us. (laughs) That may be our only chance. (laughs) He might be fast enough to get across. Dude, honestly, he will. He'll be able to defend it. All right. uh, Should we hop into some basketball now? Let's do it. Okay. First up, women's basketball. Okay. I'm I'm excited to talk about this (laughs) compared to men's. Yes. As you guys know, as you guys know, women's basketball has been doing very well this year. They were ranked number 16 in the nation, which was kind of a slight. The fact that they were ranked number 16, they deserve to be ranked much higher. Unfortunately, our girls took a loss at Portland, lost 75 to 64 last Thursday. What do you guys think about this loss? Honestly, it's a quad one game, right? Okay. Because they're top 60, top 65. Portland is cool. so it's quad one. It was on the road. I think it's a win in disguise for the women's basketball team. Oh uh, yeah, I I think you need do tell because if you're on a big huge winning streak heading into tournament time, like the odds are not in your favor. You need to lose a game or two in the regular season to kind of recalibrate you, uh, remind you what it feels like to lose, kind of reinvigorate that fire. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I think it'll be good for our girls that they kind of had this setback and that they can have renewed passion and and motivation moving forward. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think every time you lose, it, it can be a, a learning experience. It's something that can actually make the team better in the long run. Now, you obviously don't want to go losing every game and hope um, that, yes, that yeah. somehow makes you magically the best team in the country. Cause <coughs> it's it's basketball. But, yeah, I think it's, a good, it's good for the players, for their mindset to know that they have to try hard every game. They can't let up no matter who they're playing. And also, you know, it probably will help reveal some things they need to work on or you know something that they need to change as they get towards the end of the season and the postseason yeah like we said portland is a good women's basketball team so quad one loss we went down early our team showed resilience we came all the way back in the fourth quarter but we were absolutely gassed and portland went on a little run at the end we showed tremendous strength and i'm really proud of how our girls played i think like jared said it's a win in disguise and like you were saying dan that they need they kind of needed this gut check Right, and it showed on Saturday when they were down 15 at halftime to Gonzaga, who is a top 30 team in net, probably top 35 now. And we came back one by 12, which is incredible wow. considering we were down 15 at halftime. That's a huge swing. Yeah, that's a 27 point swing. We were down <laughs> early. Again, we, sh- we showed real resilience. 27 points. Our girls' team only allowed three points in the entire third quarter. That's ridiculous. We scored 42 of our 62 points in the second half. <laughs> we went off, and that's amazing. Shout out to our girls for getting that dub. Yeah, was this the game where Paisley Harding took a shot in the face? She did, did, yeah. She got she got she, stitched up on the sideline and went back into the game. <laughs> oh, my which, gosh. Which, shout out to Gonzaga, because the Gonzaga medical people are the ones that did it. Yeah. And oh, that's yeah. like, shout out for them to get it done in time and put her back in the game. Right? That's like, insane. I would have been surprised to be like, ah, eh, no, we'll do it after the game, you know? <laughs> know. But, 
That's incredible. That's she is gnarly. a freaking fighter, dude. She's a beast. And last year in the NCAA tournament, she was playing with a broken hand or a broken thumb or something. Yep. Yep. She's crazy. Now looking ahead, they uh, they got a couple more games. They play Pepperdine at home this week, and they play at St. Mary's, which will be two big games as they try to bounce back from their loss and get back on that win streak. They are currently number 20 in the top 25. Only room to move up now. Yep. I honestly don't see them losing either of these games. Uh, they kind of found their stride again. I like we kind of said it, it was it was galvanizing to to have those tough games, and now they really know that they can beat anybody. Yeah, uh, we're excited to see this team coming up this week. This is a really fun team. So if you guys haven't really been paying attention, just because it's women's basketball or whatever, put your prejudices aside because this team is honestly a lot more exciting than the men's team <laughs> a lot of the time. So get on the bandwagon. This team is fun. This team is good. And it's going to be a fun ride the rest of the season. I dare say this is the best team on campus. They're good. Yeah. They're really, really good. has yet to be seen whether they're better than the women's soccer team, right? Based on what they do in the tournament. They have a great Mm -hmm. season. But right now, they're definitely the best team on campus. All right. Big news here. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the men's circuit. There was a lot of stuff going in, going on on Saturday. It was an intense oh, yeah. day of college basketball. First of all, shout out to the Sun Devils, Arizona State, who beat UCLA Let's go. in a triple overtime Forks classic up. in a classic Pac-12 after dark showdown. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. That yeah. that was, that was the best game of the day because like literally awesome. all the big games we like got together to watch all the games on Saturday and like ninety percent of them were just blowouts. <laughs> Baylor blown out by Kansas. Yep. Alabama is basically the vintage, I mean vintage for our generation, Yeah. vintage BYU of just live and die by the three. If they're falling, you could win. If you're not, <laughs> then you get blown out by 20. Yeah, that's, and that's, exactly that's vintage meaning like two years ago or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really though. So really watching college basketball, we've all kind of realized that right now the best two teams in the nation seem to be Gonzaga. Auburn, and everybody else. Yep. Do you think yeah. there's anybody that could take down either of those two teams right now? <sighs> mm, I'm going to say no. Okay. I think they've you know, kind of settled in as the top two teams. Gonzaga's been up there kind of the whole season right. from like one down to five or something. I don't know how low they got. Auburn started off kind of a little under the radar. We knew they are going to be good, but not this good. And then they've kind of shot up to the number one team. Besides that, we haven't really seen anyone be consistently great. Yeah. So maybe someone will emerge, but right now I would take those two against the field. Yeah. Completely agree. I think there's a couple teams out there that could beat them if they get hot. Purdue, I think, is really strong. Purdue they have is an a good amazing team. offense. I think Gonzaga is not as strong as people think they are. Chet Holmgren, if he goes up against Illinois, he's going to be dead. They're going to have to <laughs> CPR him. Kofi oh, Coburn would just back him down once. And Chet Holmgren's NBA career is ruined. <laughs> so got I, Slenderman on the court. I think they they are definitely the most impressive, but I think matchups, you know, styles make fights. Yeah. And they can get caught in an Elite Eight game, Final Four type of game against a really good team. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Now here's a little BYU resume update. Uh, it's kind of been on a downward slide for a little bit. We're ready. The dip is over. We're going to come right back up this week, we believe. Uh, Net, we are ranked 45. Ken Palm, we are 46. According to Joe Lenardi, we are part of the last four (laughs) in. So, you know, we don't want to be on the bubble, but that's currently where we are. The fact that we are still on the bubble with these four consecutive losses is a testament to what we've done earlier this season. I still think there's a chance that we make the tournament. Yeah. Uh, We have to do lots of things, and we have to have lots of things happen. If that is to occur, because currently we are sixth in the West Coast Conference. Not the worst BYU. BYU's never been below third, third, right? At least never finished below third. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So, quick story time. I was having a conversation with my wife McKinley, and we were talking about how we're in the bubble, how we might have a playing game, right? BYU's had mixed success in playoff games before, or in playing games before. Mm -hmm. And I was literally, it was on the tip of my tongue. I was about to say, this is best case scenario for us, right? Because we might actually win a game, and like we could go into it feeling confident. (laughs) And 
Kinley comes out and says, this is the worst case scenario. <laughs> Not for the team, but for us three. <laughs> because oh, yeah. BYU sucks and we know it, but we try to convince ourselves that we don't suck. And so if we go into a first four game thinking, okay, we have a chance. We're just going to get let down and it's going to be even worse for us. <laughs> and I kind of tend to agree with her. Oh, the... <laughs> McKinley is wise. <laughs> right now we got the navy blue goggles on. We got to put the royal blue goggles on and realize we got a chance to make a run. Because, you know, those teams that win the first four, like those playing games, they always kind of have somewhat of an advantage because they've played the game. They're a little more fresh. They're not as rusty. BYU so, knows this. You see it last year. Yeah. So hopefully we get in. Uh, little known fact, I'm also running my own bracketology. We're gonna be, we're gonna start posting oh, it here yeah. on the Instagram at loyal to royal pod. Get it. Right now I have BYU in my last four in as well. In fact, more specifically, the last two in. That is close. Last we are firmly two. on the bubble. I think it's safe to say. Very very much on the bubble. So hopefully BYU can uh, you know get two straight dubs this week and we can start moving up. Let's hope so. Yeah. So one thing I want to ask you guys. Rest of the regular season, we've got two games against Loyola Marymount and is it Pepperdine, the other team. Yes, yes. And then one game at St. Mary's. If we lose at St. Mary's, can okay. we make the tournament without winning the WCC tournament? Can we make the dance? I'm going to say yes. That's going to be a quad one loss. It's okay. not going to be a yep. terrible loss. It's not going to penalize us a lot. If we can pick up four wins, then go into the tournament and win a game or two, I think we have done enough to keep ourselves in the field. Okay. And this is where it gets tough for me. The WCC has a really weird tournament, right? Because it's just... I, I don't it's know how to explain it. It's weird. It's not it's like a, a bracket, bracket and everybody plays in rounds. Stuff. Yeah. The fact that BYU is now in sixth, four wins against the bottom, like two teams, the second and third worst teams in the in the conference, and a loss to St. Mary's, that's not going to really boost us up a whole lot, which means we are most likely going to end up on Gonzaga's side of the bracket. If that happens, there is absolutely no way we make it to the championship game. Mm-hmm. I think the only way that we can lose at St. Mary's and still get into the tournament is if we make it to the... Uh, West Coast Conference Championship game Okay. by beating either San Francisco or St. Mary's. Okay. So we need help. We need to be off the 4-5 line, whether that's as a 3-seed or a 6-seed, probably a 6-seed given our <laughs> schedule, right? Yeah. If we end up as a 6-seed and we beat San Francisco and St. Mary's consecutively, done. Yeah, those are big, big wins. So, it, it depends. <laughs> short answer. So, long story short, that St. Mary's game is big. Yes. Yes. I think if we win that, we're we can firmly say we're at least in a first four game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I yeah. I if we can agree. win in Moraga. Um. Do we have to recap the games? I'm pretty sure people know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think people know what happened. Do Do we want to just skip straight to the smiley face, straight face, frowny face on this one? Uh. Uh. I guess we should say. San Francisco, we all said, was the biggest game of the season yeah. to that point because yes. we just yes. lost twice. Well, we lost it <laughs> at home. It was rough. Um, and then we played Gonzaga, and of course we lost again because they're amazing and we're not. Gonzaga's There's your recap. Special team, man. Gonzaga's good. We're not so good recently. Yeah. yeah. I kind of liken it to Madagascar 2 with the airplane. When it's going along just fine, just fine, and then the engine dies, and it just stops in midair, <laughs> and then just plummets. Somehow breaks. <laughs> Puts on the brakes in midair, and just falls it just straight fall. down. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it's felt we like. We're currently in free fall. We lost four games in a row, but season's not over. Season is far from over. Yes, and we we have shots at redemption. We do. WCC tourney. That's what I love about basketball. Right? You're never out. You're never out of it. We still have a shot to make the tournament. We still have a chance to win the national championship. Heck yeah, That's ridiculous. Do. That's true. <laughs> and now those goggles are really royal blue. <laughs> Let's get to the smiley straight and frowny faces. All right, I have the smiley face this week. Oof. Today I'm giving a shout out to Seneca Knight. Yes. Yes. Because you know, he kind of had to find his way at the beginning of the season. Um, he had some quiet games, but I think recently he's emerged as one of our go-to scorers off the bench. He had 12 against USF and 13 against Gonzaga, and those were big points he had. Yes. There were a lot of times when you know, we had no answers on offense, 
nothing was going our way, he would come on and just give us a spark. And it's been great to see him find his role on this team and be more aggressive and gain confidence, and I hope that continues and he becomes one of our better scorers uh, as the season ends. Mm -hmm. Shout out Seneca Knight. All right, I have the straight face. My straight face is we got to see some new guys in the game. We saw Atiki play well. We saw Trey Stewart in against Gonzaga and Hunter Erickson in against Gonzaga. They got some development minutes. Teak and Foose went up against real big men for the first time and struggled at first, but then started to figure things out. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, they haven't been playing against seven-footers or like elite, uh, elite big man defenders. They got to do that against Gonzaga. They got to develop a little bit, improve for next year. That's my straight face. Yeah, Tiki learned in about two minutes that he couldn't shoot hook shots against Chet Holmgren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hard way. He had to learn somehow, yeah. right? Exactly. It's a learning experience. Yeah. It's good for him. It's just a freshman. Uh, my of the frowny face, um, I could just say, you know, like collectively, this last two weeks has been the frowny face. I'm just going to go with offense. Uh, our offensive scheme is uh, really hard for me to understand. We run like a three-man triangle weave on one side, and then two guys on the other side just kind of like sit out in the three-point line. One, like they're not amazing shooters. They can make them from time to time. But two, they, can't, they won't take the shots if somehow people collapse and we pass it out to them. So I just, I don't really know what we're doing on offense. Our scheme doesn't really create any open looks for anybody. And we don't have the Jimmys and Joes that create shots for themselves. So I think that is probably the biggest thing that we need to change moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Now looking ahead to this week, we got two games, two away games. We got a road trip in California at LMU and at Pepperdine. Now these are you know, not the greatest teams in the WCC, Hopefully we can get these two wins, and that'll boost us in back in to postseason contention. Let's hope so. Uh, I have a couple hard questions for you guys. Okay. Realist, real, blah, 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 blah. Realistic expectations for the postseason. Uh, Just like two-word answers. You know, we kind of already talked about this. If we win out, if we win out, if we win like six of our next eight games, playing game. Win it. Mm, I think the ceiling is probably round of 32. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think... I'll be hopeful and say we make the tourney, but we don't get a win. Whether it's a playing game or round of 32 um, or 64. Yeah. We're not going to get a win in the NCAA tournament, according to my expectations. Mm, the okay. numbers, you're... Your formula, your spreadsheet. Yes. Crunch yes. the numbers. Yep. Uh, my numbers tell me that I'm right in between you guys. I think our ceiling is a first four win. Okay. I think we can make it. I think we could possibly win a first four game. You know, like the names on the first four, like, they're not amazing teams. Yeah. It's generally mm -hmm. pretty closely matched. Uh, I think we could win one of those games, but I don't think we can. I don't think we can win in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. As long as we don't go up against Ole Miss again. <laughs> <laughs> In case of looking ahead, we have to raise the stakes a little bit. Not again. <laughs> no, uh, we're, you know, Jared and I are going to get punished. We have to wear outfits from the DI, specifically picked out from Dan for an entire day. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Excited. This time around, I'm going to raise the stakes and say that Seneca Knight, Dan talked about him already, will combine for 20-plus points in the next two games. All right. He did these last two games. Let's yes, he does it again. Combine mm -hmm. for 25. Yeah. All right. I... Going way out on a limb here. Uh oh. BYU will win both games. Okay. Honestly, at this point, that is not an outlandish raising the stakes bet. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. We lost to Pacific, who is who has been beaten by both of these teams. Yeah. So there's a very real possibility that we could lose both these games. Hopefully, we win both. And also, I have not won a raising the stakes yet. I have not once hit. So BYU. This will be your first win. Better yes. hit this time. They better freaking win these. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this week I'm banking on Foos. He's had a quiet couple of weeks, it seems like. We were really hot on him towards the middle of the season. And then he's kind of struggled the last few games. I think he bounces back and gets a double-double this week. Okay. Right. He kind of has fallen off a little bit. Yeah. We have been playing teams with very good big men. Yes, so we have. So that could be part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yes, we it. absolutely have. No, if Foose goes through his sophomore slump right now instead of his sophomore, instead of his entire sophomore year, 
I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. It's all, it's all it's trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> exactly. The punishment for this raising the stakes, if we get this wrong, we are going to have to chug a full thing of Warhead Sour Juice. The, you guys, I, for our listeners, they're those things that have two sides, and they're usually two like very neon colors, extremely mm-hmm. sour, and they have the little things at the top. We're going to take the top off, and we have to oh, chug yeah. without taking a break all of the sour sauce from both oh. sides at the same time. My mouth is already watering. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be as bad as the onion, but... That onion was terrible. I gotta the say, onion. for this one, I think my wife, Abby, would probably just do this for fun. <laughs> she, wow. loves, she loves sour things. <laughs> but I am not quite in the same boat, so... Foose, you better pull through for me. <laughs> All right. Can you imagine if like, it just went up your nose, like you spilled oh. a little bit? That would be painful. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so I like that. Oh, I, funny story, I was coming back here from the library, I was studying, and I ran into my old boss at the library, the boss I used to work with at the library, nice. Jen Schill. Girl Shout boss. out to Jen, greatest boss ever. Um, and she's like, oh yeah, I, I started following you guys on Instagram, and I, I saw the, the onion eating, and I was <laughs> like, oh, that was so bad. Just kind of reminded my mouth, and like I started salivating. I could feel the spice kind of getting into my gums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's PTSD. <laughs> Who knew onions were so bad? Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. If you listen this far in, make sure to comment Boogeyman on our latest Instagram post. Thank you for you know enjoying that interview with Corbin Green with us. That was awesome. We can't shout wait. out Corbin Green. Shout, shout out, out to Corbin Green. Green. We can't wait to do those one on ones later and watch some Marvel. It's <laughs> yeah. gonna be a ton of fun. Go to Doctor Strange. Make sure to leave a review, share this episode with your friends, and to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal to Royal Pod. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Go Cougs. Bye. <laughs>